Hey folks, Randy Barfield here with another episode of Under the Roof with Randy Barfield. And today we're going to be talking about kind of the top five things you can do for spring for your house and for your yard. Uh, this is kind of the time uh, we've kind of come through some heavy storms. The winter this year wasn't too bad, so things are starting to turn green. Uh, time to get out there and get the yard ready, get your sprinkler system ready for you if you have one. Or just getting ready for the summer and getting the waking the yard up, waking the house up. Everything's waking up right now. Yeah, it's everything's feeling good. Getting ready to start blooming. And, you know, one of the things, somebody, um, you know, you, when the sun comes out in February, uh, you see a lot of people go to Home Depot and they start buying all the flowers that are out there. My personal tip is when you see the post oaks bloom starting to bloom that's when you start planting because usually there's when you when the first winter cold snap comes there's probably another two or three or possibly four more are there some ahead of us randy you think or are we behind them it could be another one could be one more you never know uh but i think they're behind us uh like today is a beautiful day it's about going to be about 85 degrees um, but we just came through last week where it dropped back down into the high thirties. Uh, these little, you know, petunias and marigolds and stuff like that don't do very well in the cold, uh, when it gets too cold, especially when you've just planted them. So I'd hate for people to spend a lot of money on some plants and then they freeze and then you got to turn around and do it again because I have to do that this year. Some of my plants didn't make it. I got to go out there and pull them up and put some new ones down. I was out at a grocery shopping at the old HEB. Got to give them yeah, some love. Yeah. And they have the most beautiful blooming peach trees outside the grocery store. And I'm, yeah. I'm holding back with everything I can discipline to not buy that thing because I know that it's going to freeze. Well, trees like that could, could handle it as long as it's not getting into the sub freezing. Um, now would be a good time to get a couple of fruit trees when we were you know had orchards when i was growing up you always have two because they need to cross pollinate Mm -hmm. and if you don't do if you only do one it's gonna they'll grow but they won't grow as successful Mm -hmm. and also you know you want to get that those fruit trees are good for the bees because they make those blooms that the bees like and we uh, love bees bees bee culture um but yeah i mean you could get a couple of peach trees and they when they start blossoming and start growing and get a little fruit off of them. You know, we are still in the process of replacing our dead trees from the snow apocalypse. Yep. It's, yep. Uh, you know, I, I think you've got some landscaper recommendations on your site, barfieldhomeinspection.com, right, Randy? I do. You can go to vendor resources and you can, there's a wealth of vendors in there that you can, uh, can find. And if you can't find one there, just do a Google search for your area or, the next door app is always great for your area of town. So, but yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, landscaping can be overwhelming. Uh, but with Randy's top five hacks, he's going <laughs> to share with us today. How, yeah. how do we kind of dig right in and make sure we're on the right track to be ready for spring and summer in Texas? Well, I always like to start with the lawn. Uh, usually, um, it's time for the grass to start waking up and start growing whether you have St. Augustine, Bermuda, or Zoyosa. Um, now is when you want to start pulling some weeds. Um, 
kind of waking the yard up with some pre-emergence, some good fertilizer. I like to use um, organic fertilizer on my yard. Uh, has to grow uh, or liquid seaweed is a really great fertilizer to get started. Um, I usually, I typically like to get something a little balanced on the numbers. If you look at the numbers, um, I mean, uh, like a five, five, five or something like that, or a five, eight, four, or, you know, uh, you nitrogen phosphate, oh, nitrogen phosphate, iron, nitrogen phosphate. Um, usually, uh, when you're first putting it down, I mean, there's always a, a method. Everybody's got their own method. I try to stay away from, the phosphate on the first one, I'll go like a 15-0-10 or a 15-0-15. And then later on, put some organic stuff, some just low liquid seaweed or has to grow, which is just a liquid um, organic fertilizer that you can spray on the yard real easily. I used to go to a Geo Growers quite, yep. quite a bit. Uh, yep. It's a, I think. Or the Natural Gardener or yeah. Geo Growers are great yeah. people to go to to get advice on the type of yard you have. Um if you put on like Miracle Grow, it'll grow. It'll grow really fast. And there's nothing wrong with Miracle Grow. I'm not dissing them, but uh, typically, you, the more balanced the numbers, the longer the fertilizer will last, and the longer they'll help your grass and get stronger roots. You always want stronger roots on everything. So, so as as listeners might know, for those who are loyal listeners, which we always encourage, uh, we had our house that was newly built Mm -hmm. and it's basically sawed over a thin layer of mud. Well, we have a lot of rock out here. (laughs) So you try to put down at least six inches of topsoil. Yeah. But over time, the topsoil, the wind will take a lot of your topsoil away. And so sometimes you got to put down, you got to put down some more topsoil. You got to add back to it. Yeah. So how do you do that? I mean, how would you embark on adding more soil? Because we are so close to just straight limestone when you start digging. Well, it's a matter of ordering it. They bring it out. Um, I tend to get like a mix, almost like a dillo dirt uh, mix. And you get, you dump it, bring it out in a big pile in your driveway. And then you get a wheelbarrow and you get some shovels and you get some rakes. And then some labor. You yeah. you just get after it. It's That's good workout. That's elbow grease. Yeah, All right. Well, that, that, could, that could be two birds with one stone. Get beach ready and, yeah. and also get a nice yard out of it. <laughs> so so if you added more topsoil and yeah, then put just the, a thin layer of topsoil, and that way it replaces what the wind and the rain has kind of taken away and washed away. And let me tell you guys, that rain last week did take it a lot away. <laughs> I had. Uh, I'll, I'll have to show the picture on, on you see your social yard running media, down the but driveway it was a river behind yeah. my yard, a yeah. river, a large river. And we were like, where is our yard going to be after this? Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of people had to deal with that because the limestone, right? If you're at a slope. Yeah. If you got a slope and you got a really heavy, like an incline, you know, the drainage is going to run and the sharper the incline, the more it's going to run and drain. Wow. Wow, yeah, you got a nice <laughs> creek going on there. Randy just saw my photo of my giant river in my backyard. <laughs> Go get a canoe. I know, we are almost ready. Wow. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's, it, you just uh, get some topsoil and replace it. It, it. You know, you don't have to do it every year. Typically, every four or five years you do that and put it back in there. Cause, and then... Um, 
So are you nice lifting up the existing grass nope. and putting, you're doing new grass? No, you're just broadcasting it out and then just filter. It'll just kind of filter back down into the soil. Oh, over so you're time. just putting soil on top of yeah, everything. Not, you don't- not heavy. You're not covering the whole yard. You're just kind of throwing it out there. And oh. You take like a shovel and you just kind of sling it out there and it just kind of makes a, it. it just filters down over time. It's just a very thin layer in between the grass blades and, and roots. It should be, I know dillo dirt isn't super nutritious. Well, need- they have a topsoil mix that you can buy at these okay. places and they can bring it out and um, depend. You can kind of talk to them at mm-hmm. the, whoever you're buying, buying it from and tell them what you're doing and they'll guide you through it and they'll tell you, they can, you know, you can judge how many cubic yards you need based on the size of your yard and stuff like that. So what's the benefit if you do it and what's the benefit if you don't? Well, eventually if you got, if your topsoil washes away and start exposing the roots to your grass, then the roots uh, will die out and your yard will suffer. Grass will die. Yeah. So just like you also, uh, you aerate the soil uh, you get an aerator or you go rent an aerator and run over across the yard or you get those shoes with the big spikes on it and just walk across your yard and mm. don't damage your sprinkler system, of course. But it just kind of aerates your yard and it gives a chance for oxygen and nutrients to get down into the soil to the roots. So, But you don't have to do that every other every year either. You do it kind of every other or every three years. You aerate it and kind of replenish it. Who knew lawns were... Lawns are work. If you want a beautiful yard and you want, well, if you start with a healthier yard in the spring, then they survive the summer when it's stressed out. Um, and then you don't have to water as much. Typically, if you keep watering your yard in the summer and it just continually stays brown, it's typically because it was already stressed before it got to summer. So just like anything else, it needs a little nurturing and yeah. preventative measures yeah. to make it through. And speaking of sprinkler system, it's also this is the time where you want to go through your sprinkler system, you know, ran it, run it on manual mode and kind of go through the zones and look at the spray heads and rotors and drip systems and look for any leaks or breaks and make sure it's all working right and make sure your timer, you know, after daylight saving time is on the correct time. And sometimes, uh, you know, after power outages and stuff like that, you'll lose, the time will be off. So now it's time to look at controller, set the time, make sure it's right, check your program time, and then just run through the system and look for any defects in it. Did you hear they're going to make daylight savings time permanent? They're trying to pass that? Well, it's already permanent. No, no, like like it won't. Keep it one time? Yeah, keep it one time. Yeah, it's time. Yeah, I'm done with it. past time. Yeah. (laughs) Past daylight savings time. Yeah, it doesn't do I mean, any. We're not farmers yeah, anymore. We're, yeah, we're all, you know, there yeah. are some farmers and maybe they appreciate they don't need it. it anymore. I don't know. They just get yeah. up earlier. Yeah. <laughs> you just get up. They get up at crack of dawn anyway. They I get know, up right? Night. Like, why do they need daylight? Why do they we work, need daylight savings? Farmers work from dark to dark, anyways. Yeah. They're yeah. to make. So. so, if the first hack is, is getting your lawn all prepped, then the yeah. second, it sounds like, is your sprinkler system. If yeah, you have get one. through. If you have a sprinkler system, um, go through it, run it, or if, if you're not comfortable doing it, there's plenty of people out there who will do that for you. Uh, a lot of good irrigation companies out there. And then also, if you are if you don't have the time or not sure what to do on your yard, there's lots of great companies out there uh, that can also do that for you. And I've got a lot of good landscapers out there that can get your yard ready. And then um, now, I mean, also, you know, be conscientious of what you're planning if you're planning on doing some plants in the yard and like out here where i live 
you know, there's herds of deer everywhere. So I can't just go to Home Depot and buy anything. I, I need to buy something that's deer resistant. So because as soon as I put it down, the deer are going to eat it. So, Well, and my husband and I always laugh. We'll, we'll be on a walk and we see the model home, you know, the landscaping is just so beautiful. I mean, everything's just yeah, so well, perfect. Yeah. And then, then you think about, well, but when you get into the home, you want this native plant mm-hmm. and you want it to be easier to take care of. So what are your thoughts, Randy? I'm so curious on having the really nice landscaping, but the work that goes behind it or just doing the more natural approach. Well, it all depends on how much effort you're willing to put into it. You want really nice landscaping. It comes at a cost. You, you got to work at it. You don't do it one day and forget it. Mm-hmm. Um, you gotta, if you want, all the edged and bolts beds and beautiful flowers. You got to work at it and you got to get out there and weed them and constantly, you know, provide nutrient for them and maintaining it and stuff like that. So, yeah. So is, is it almost more, it's going to require more water too? You think? Yeah. Yeah. More, yeah you got to have water, fertilizer, um, constantly mulching, edging maintenance, making it look great, keeping the weeds out. And depending on what type of plant, keeping the bugs out, stuff. So there's there are low maintenance plants, and there's high maintenance plants. Mm-hmm. It all depends on what you wanted to look at. Like succulents, for instance, mm-hmm. are really pretty low maintenance as far as ones that you put in the ground and around your house. And they're beautiful. Prickly pear, you know, uh, muley grass, uh, sotal. They're pretty low maintenance, you know. Um, and then you get into the, some of the other ones. Um, that uh, require a little bit more, but succulents is a good, and they they grow really well in this soil out here. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you can do lots of things with so tall too. I hear. <laughs> yeah, you can. You, you can, can grow it. it. You can it. Yeah, <laughs> like an agave plant. And yeah, also, yeah, and then uh, I'm sorry. Um, oh, your lawn equipment. Yeah, we got to talk you about go. your lawn equipment. Now it's time to. Uh, it's probably time to maybe put a, bit, a little bit of fuel stabilizer in there because if you've had that gasoline or whatever is in there in the tank all winter, uh, it probably lost some of the octane in it. So you might want to pour a little fuel stabilizer in there. And then you want to change, you want to do a little tune up on it, sharpen the blades, put some new belts on there, what have you, new spark plugs, new filters, change your oil, get it maintained. Uh, sharp blades really work. A lot better than the dull blade, so. So this is why the weekends are made for Home Depot trips and yep. or Lowe's and, yep. if you're <laughs> and really time in the, the yard. If you're really into DIY, you know, this is a time where you shine because yeah. uh, nothing's uh, more fulfilling, you know, than sitting out there and changing your blades, sharpening your blades on your lawnmower safely, I hope. You know, wear your safe protection, your eyewear, your earwear, and uh, and then changing that filter, changing that spark plug, and getting that fire and that motor up and ready to roll. I think we know what Randy's doing on Saturday. Already did it. <laughs> He's already way. Of course he is. Went five <laughs> steps ahead. That's did Randy. my last weekend. I tuned my tractor and my lawnmower up last weekend. So. There you go. Yep. But it's sounding good. It is. Sounds great. You know what I did do though? <laughs> I took. <laughs> <laughs> I took one of the spark, it's two spark plugs in, the, in my lawn tractor, and I took one of them out to go match it up to Home Depot. And then I came home and was going to bring the lawn tractor up and under the carport and went out there and cranked it up 
missing one spark plug. Oh, no. Where was it? Wow, this thing sounds bad. And then I realized, oh, it's only got one spark plug. Oh, geez. Yeah. So, you know. That's like, that's like, you know, telling a good football story. I'm like, that went right over my head, Randy. (laughs) Uh, Well, you know. um, But I did it. You know, I didn't. I mean, for just a second. And I realized I'm missing a spark plug. And before I blew out a oil seal or something or blew a piston out and I shut it down and then put the spark plug back in it and then drove it and then, and then it worked. It all. Yeah. And then it worked. Yeah. Well, and your yard is so beautiful. I mean, Randy's yard is something to be admired. Well, I have two big golden retrievers that are just running back and forth across the backyard and tearing it up. So <laughs> that's true. That's why I have ordered a pallet, a half a pallet of grass so I can replace where they run yep. up and down the yard and I'm putting that out tomorrow. And so. what about those blue bonnets? They going to come back? The blue bonnets are out. They're making a comeback? You know, they're not a very good year this year because we didn't get enough rain, but they're starting to come out now. Okay. But if you look out there on the road that we put some out last year and always up there by the house, the bed, it's the ones in the bed are just blooming like crazy right now. And so, yeah, the blue bonnets are out. Yeah. You know, I, I think it, you know, circling back to the question about natural or, or overdone landscaping, I think natural is a better bet because then you're fitting in with the climate too of, of Texas, uh, right? Yeah, I mean, if you're trying to keep it natural and trying to get native plants, uh, then absolutely. Um, but you know, you could. There's nothing wrong with getting tulip bulbs and putting them out, you know, mm-hmm. or anything you want. It's all about what you want yeah. and how much work you want to put into it. Yeah. Um, it's, that's really. It's just a matter of choice. There's no wrong answer there. It's just. It's what you want to do. And what about planting under trees? I see a lot of people that do it really well where they have these beautiful flowers underneath their trees. And then some people just put like rocks around their trees and keep this, the separation. Is there a different? No, approach? it's still the same thing. It's kind of a matter of preference. I mean, a good plant that you get, if you want stuff growing under your trees would be lilies, calla lilies, lilies. Oh, nice. They'll grow anywhere. You know, all you got to do is throw them on the ground, put just a little bit of dirt over the bulb and they'll, they'll take off. Yeah. Uh, or shrimp plants, they'll grow really well. Um, it all depends. You know, you don't want plants competing each other for nutrients, but I think uh, lilies kind of grow on the top of the surface, whereas oak trees and most trees have deep roots. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're trying to plant something major underneath the, just got to think that they're competing for the same water and the same nutrients. Yeah. yeah. That's all. Make them live happily together. Yeah. So so we talked about lawn prep, uh, sprinkler system, and yard maintenance mm-hmm. as our top three hacks. So number four. Um, we kind of about- touched on it about fertilizer. Yeah. Uh, I, I like to use organic fertilizer. I'm not an expert on it. You know, I mentioned earlier I try to get balanced numbers on my when I buy fertilizer. Um, the higher the number, the stronger the fertilizer, of course, uh, the lower the number, the more organic, um, rivers and streams. It's, you know, there's a big, uh, trying to stay away from any type of urea that's getting into the water, which causes, uh, too much, uh, algae growth in the rivers and streams. Um, but, uh, you know, if you try to get the liquid seaweed or the has to grow is a good product, um, and they're organic liquid fertilizers. They work, they work really well. Uh, they may not green up as fast as, you know, some of the other granular, uh, fertilizers that are out there, but, uh, they, they will work. They absolutely work. It's just a matter. You might have to do a couple of more applications. Whereas, um, granular fertilizer 
you typically stop putting it out when it starts getting above 95 degrees or 90 degrees mm. because it could potentially burn your yard. Uh, whereas liquid fertilizer, you know, you get out there in the evening and spray it or early in the morning, it's still, it's still good. You can put it out all year long. So how often would you say one should be fertilizing their lawn? Right now in my yard, I'm going to do it uh, probably every other week until, until probably May, in the middle of May or end of May. And, and then I'm done. Oh, cool. And then I might do it once a month after that. And uh, does rain affect it if you put the yeah, fertilizer? Yeah, well, on? if you if you put down granular fertilizer and it's a it's a light rain, then you're good, you're great. But if you put it down and then the heavy heavy rain comes, it's probably going to wash most. You got of the a river in your away. backyard, like me. Yeah, I mean it's just going <laughs> to wash it all away, and then um, and I'm not saying don't put down granular. Just do some research on what type of grass you have and what's and you know just Google um, what's the best fertilizer for my. You know, if you got Bermuda, if you got St. Mm-hmm. Augustine, uh, Zoyosa, or whatever, you know, whatever you're putting, you have, just kind of Google um, what what's the best type. And then, well, and what about the inside of your house? I know well, this is about the time when you want to start doing some spring cleaning inside, you know, start dusting and cleaning and getting those cobwebs and uh, start you know, thinning out the closet of things you don't need anymore, haven't worn in a while, take them to Goodwill, take them to Salvation Army. Uh, there's a lot of people out there that could use some stuff that you're not using, can, you know, repurpose it. Um, you know, uh, we, we typically do go to Goodwill about, you know, we do it in the summer and we do it in around the fall. You know, you get those, uh, you want to get that receipt for your tax write-off. So Oh, yeah. 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 And if you itemize... Well, I'm not a tax accountant. I'm not going to say this. I don't know for <laughs> sure. <laughs> well, I will say that a good purge of things that you don't need anymore is just it's just Yeah, just necessary. getting rid of stuff that you don't need. There's other people they'll, out yeah. there that could use them. If, if you have small kids or if you have... You know, that old toaster oven that's yeah. been sitting there in your linen, your pantry closet for the past six years and keeps falling on your head every time you reach up there to grab something, it might be time to go take it and repurpose it. So... Yeah, and, uh, you know, speaking speaking of cobwebs, I mean, there's so many that I'm noticing around my house, uh, you know, when I look up and it's like, oh, I need to get, I need to get those down. Do you like, um, you get that Swiffer, that extension Swiffer Swiffer and get up there. Yeah, yeah. And so talking about cobwebs, um, I mean, insects do not bother me at all. Uh, most, most insects out there are beneficial, Mm. even spiders, even crickets, even, Roly pug, even mosquitoes. Bug. No. Uh, well, they're beneficial to other animals that eat them. Sure. Uh, bats, you know, martins, birds, um, little vampires. The type of birds that eat bugs. Those. Mm-hmm. That's a food source for them. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not frogs. great for us. Yeah, frogs. Uh, unfortunately, with all the the metropolitan areas, there's not enough birds to eat all the mosquitoes. So. Um, but uh, termites aren't beneficial to anything, so carpenter ants aren't beneficial. Well, they do have one purpose or a couple of purposes, but you don't want them in your home. So now is also the time to consider a pest control program, or if you are on a pest control program, your pest control applicator person is probably getting ready to come out and start putting out some pesticides to keep the unwanted pest out. And don't forget about those weep holes. Yeah, don't forget about your weep holes. Uh, hopefully, they've stuffed some 
some mash up in there to keep yeah. those bugs out. Keep so, the bugs out. Yeah, but this is where you want to do, you know, your towel star, your other stuff that you need, bifenthrin or whatever they're using to um, the bug, the pested bugs that you don't want in your house out. Yeah, I always, uh, speaking of organic, I try to go organic on the pest control, but, it, you know, sometimes you just. Well, it all depends on what you're trying to treat for. Uh, it's not, it's effective. It may mm. It may be the person doing the application. Mm. Did you do it, or did no? You hire I the, hired. Yeah. Well, oh, oh, well, you know, I mean, it's just a conversation with your applicator. If yeah. it's not working, yeah, tell them to do something else. Yeah. Yeah, they'll be glad to. Well, and speaking of insects, we had our fair share of uh, wasp friends this morning. In oh our yeah, studio. We, I must have, I must have disturbed a nest that I didn't know was going around. But uh, <laughs> I, I, I coerced them, coerced them into another realm. I always feel safe with Randy in a home. You know, that's something that I think, you know, <laughs> even when there's 10 wasps around, we are still safe with Randy. <laughs> well, I mean, it hurts for a little while. It'll go away. Yeah, he's, he's well, seen it all. He's been through it all. I'm he's not been allergic. stung by it all. I'm not allergic to him, but if you feel like you are, then you need to stay away from him. Mm-hmm. Unless you've got an EpiPen somewhere. I think my favorite uh, critter story is you seeing a cougar up on the roof of a home. Yeah, bobcat. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah. I'd say unfriendly bobcat. Yeah, I don't know if uh, any of us would feel safe at that point. (laughs) Yeah, I think I had a record for getting off a roof in in a record amount of time. Yeah, Yeah, I was off of that roof. No contest here. You saw all yours. Well, so those are the top five hacks. Thank you, Randy. If yeah. anyone wanted to get in, in touch. Uh, just, just things you need to do for, consider doing for your yard and your house for the spring. Yeah. How could how could they find you if they had any questions? Well, you can check us out. Uh, look for us, our podcast on Spotify and on Apple. And check our website at barfieldhomeinspection.com. You can give us a shout on our phone if you need to schedule an inspection. 512-350-0123-512-789-2710 or drop us a line on email at abarfield at austin.rr.com or info at barfieldhomeinspection.com. That's right. And thank you for joining us today and we'll see you next time. See you then. Thanks, Randy. Thanks.